Money FM 89.3, best of the breakfast huddle. Why it matters on Money FM 89.3. Money FM 89.3. Good morning. It's the Breakfast Huddle. I'm Elliot Dankard. It's time now for Why It Matters. Let's uh, talk about developing a career in the finance industry. You know, the digitalization of the world today has impacted every industry and business. Even those in the finance and investing sector, too, are becoming more digital first. You've noticed this, right? Well, this is especially true when looking at today's investor preferences, many preferring to invest via digital platforms and apps and investing in areas such as big tech. Yep. As the finance industry is evolving, financial brokerage companies who have been around for decades are also seeing new companies and platforms enter the scene. And with growing popularity around the fintech sphere, companies are similarly shifting focus to cater to those new preferences and priorities with more, you know, things like automation and digitalization. However, what do these changes mean for existing employees and job functions? And how can companies help their employees grow and adapt? Let's find out more from Lisa Lim who is Executive Director for Wealth Management and Talent Acquisition at Philip Capital. Good morning, Lisa. Hi, morning, Elliot. So we're talking about the changes in the finance and trading industry, but I suppose to start us off, could you give us a current overview of what the industry is looking like at this point in time? Okay, so in my view, the definitely, like you mentioned, it's a fast-changing industry. You use the word about fintech, and you know, fintech has been around for less than 10 years, but it has built so much inroad to, you know, consumers, engagement, product solutioning, and things like that. Yeah. So the whole financial industry, to me, is really about adaptability. It's really being agile, being adaptability, because, uh, you know, the purpose of our existence is to serve customers, right? So in the end, how do you adapt yourself to serve the investors and the customers? So the industry are really moving towards, to me, there are two development, big development in the marketplace. One is on the IT space about buzzword like innovation. How do we innovate? How do we use IT? Use IT as an enabler to engage the customer. That's one aspect. The other thing that I see that is a huge trend that's going around, we saw many products in the marketplace, thousands of products in the marketplace. How would you know investors and customers able to choose the product? So the other aspect of development is really, you know, we talk about wealth management and things like that. The whole purpose is really to package the solution. Or I use the word curation. So we need curators as well you know, to be able to identify customers' needs and package the product. So to me, it's IT and curation. In my view, these are the two big trends that's going around uh, in the financial industry. You talk about adaptability being one of the most important things, right? There are some industries, take for example, the law industries that kind of struggle with digitalization. Even shipping is trying its best as well. What do you think sets the finance industry apart when it comes to adapting to digitalization? Is it really because fintech has been around for such a long time, so it's like no choice, I better do it now? Okay, I talk about adaptability. The other thing I want to bring through is also being adaptable, agile means we have to implement the move, the change, right? And I felt that it has to do with organizational structure. To me, the, my reflection is that you can give all the training that you want, you can, you know, change the mindset. But if the organization is not providing the right environment for the change or for the adaptation, mm. it won't happen. So to me, I guess different industries are organized in a different manner. 
So, for example, financial industry has always been focused on service. So we have less of a tangible staff to handle. So which also makes us much easier to navigate, to transform. And I also felt that the over time, you look at the fintech, how they are being organized versus traditional firms, right? So fintech are very flat. Their organization is very flat. Even you look at their management staff, they sit together with all other staff. There's no distinction in that sense. So they are organized in a network way. And I think that's where I think in that sense, probably financial industry is more adaptable. Uh, mm. to embrace changes in IT and that, that's what even in, in Philip we ever since I joined the company 25 years ago I always hear the word being a network organisation I guess you put it very well right and you describe it like it's a culture and really it comes down from the top as well that's so crucial let's talk about the roles though I mean have you noticed roles that have become totally obsolete in the finance industry due to the evolution I start to think of uh, in the past where I used to bring my bank book to the bank teller and we we don't see these branches anymore you know it's quite scary (laughs) you know in our uh, senior management we always talk about you know, everyone need banking, but they yeah. may not be need a bank, right? Yeah. Or everyone need investment, but they don't need stockbrokers. Yeah. Also, that also makes us that, you know, always reminded Andy Grove, what he said, only the paranoid survive. So what we need to do is really helping the staff to adapt and transform to a different role. For example, you can call yourself a customer service officer, for example. But if you put on a different lens about improving customers' lives, then your role would have changed to, you know, customer service officers to customer experience unit, for example. Then your role is not just a telephone operator, just answering questions and whatever. And and now with chatbot, you know, simple questions, customers don't even need to call you, right? I can Mm. go to the chatbot and type and get the answer. But those are very standard and repetitive query that the customer can self-serve. Then the customer service officer can transform to be customer experience officer where what is your problem? I look at the process. I look at a pain point. Then I either change the process, rectify the process, or improve the process through IT solutioning. So, so this is one of the examples. Definitely, I agree with you. The brick and mortar model is shrinking. So we need to move towards more digitalization. But there's a caveat to it. We always feel that Human beings are a social creature. Okay. <laughs> so in engaging investors, it's never just a full technology solution, high tech, but we also need the high touch. Mm. So when we transform the staff, for example, we put all front-end staff should go through coding costs, for example. Okay. Why? Okay, we went through coding costs. I'm wow. not IT trained. Yeah. All of the staff went through coding costs. We are not IT trained, but... What the takeaway is, you are not afraid of IT. You may not know coding, you know, in details, but at least you, I always say this, you know, your takeaway is that you appreciate your IT team a bit better. When Mm -hmm. you talk to them, you can speak their lingo or their lingo is not a foreign language to you. (laughs) It's it's true. I totally agree with you. And, And I want to touch a little bit on that because you're describing things that a company can do to help their employees adapt or evolve. And I'm thinking, if you don't know IT, I also don't know IT, we go and learn together. That's always good. What else has Philip Capital done to support its employees? Messages take a while to engage. To me, the changes to a staff, it always come as a resistance because human beings are resistant to change. Yeah. So we have to change the mindset and keep telling staff that 
we support the transformation or change is the only constant. Mm. So even during that transformation, it takes a bit of longer time. You may make, you know, some mistake here and there, but that's acceptable. So for the employee, it's really a lot about education. I still want to go back to it. You can train them the best and whatever, but in the end, the environment is important. In fact, maybe the other way around. Sometimes we say, give me the man, I define the role. Because there's no point putting a square peg in a round hole, for example. So we do look at, you know, staff aspiration and things like that. Then we adapt or we put the staff in the role that he or she prefers. And because work, it should be enjoyable, right? So to me, it's that you should enjoy your work. And you enjoy your work doing something that you have passion about. It's tough as well, right? I mean, you want to help. You want a sense of initiative, but you also want to help the employee to achieve their best potential. How hard is it? I mean, when we talk about digitalization and evolving an environment, do you think it's a challenge for a lot of people in the finance industry to think like customers? Because you're serving people at the end of the day, right? How hard is it for us to think like customers? I guess there are few facets to it. For example, okay. to me, it's the customer's objective and the company's objective aligned. Right? Right, right, Because if companies' KPI is, you know, just pure making money, <laughs> regardless of, you know, you know, it to happens. Me, it that, happens. It, yes, it happens. So to me, it's really, really how to find the alignment okay. between the company and the client, and also to me, is the value system, right? Yeah. So if our role is really to help the customers, well, helping the customers, we are able to, you know, make a living. I think that will be the best approach. So, like I say, the difficulty of not really depending on the company's culture and the mindset. Mm. And whether you look for short-term results or you look for long-term results. Because to me, it's like, do you look at customer as a transaction or you look at customer as a relation, right? Because transaction means one-time engagement. Relation means you go through the journey with that customer. It's brilliant you, you say this, you know, because the first thing that comes to mind is, and I'm sure you've experienced this as well, Lisa, right? Financial planners or uh, lack of better choice of words, insurance agents, they close transactions and then they leave the industry. They take whatever commission. But the good ones are the ones that really stay with you lifelong and help you out with your problems. It's quite similar now with the finance industry as well, right? It has to do with compensation, right? Sure. So if you are compensated for ongoing engagement, then that relationship will last very long. And even for insurance, they are moving towards, you know, spreading the commission on a longer basis. So there's more engagement and retention and alignment of interest. We've covered a lot of areas, Lisa. But moving forward, I mean, we've dealt with these changes within the industry and who knows what next big change will come. In your opinion, how do you see the roles of uh, people in the finance industry further evolving in the near future? What advice would you give? Okay, my advice is really about, you know, IT is here to stay. So I know that many people are sometimes like just treating it as a fact, but I think we have to accept it as a reality. Then the question is, how do we embrace IT? The challenge is embracing IT and provide the add-on that human touch and deliver a good experience to the customers. Yeah. You, you, can't, you can't think that it's here yeah. to take over your job. It's here to help you. Yes. Yes. It's an enabler. Yeah. In an enabler. But of course, having said that, there may be certain functions or certain a delivery system or whatever engagement may be taken by pure just IT and things like that, but that's okay. fine. Then we move on to move up that complexity, right? Then yeah. we move on 
to find our you know new roles and things like that. So the key words to employees always to learn, mm-hmm. to unlearn. You know, because the problem is sometimes why employers choose to engage young staff is because I think they don't know what they don't know. Right? So a lot of things is like it's learning. Yeah. But the problem with the more mature staff is you always hang on to that legacy. So mm-hmm. you are always resistant to unlearn. So for more mature employees, it's really telling them to unlearn and to relearn. Yeah. So to young people, it's only to learn. They don't have unlearn and relearn. But again, like I say, why are we you know, discriminating older staff or whatever, we are not, right? So again, it's as long you have the mindset to unlearn and relearn. It's not an age thing, right? Yeah. So, yeah. I liken it to imagine if one day you're being told, you know, those packet drinks, right? Those Yo's packet drinks, that you were putting the straw the wrong way. It's supposed to be the other way, and that's the correct way. Whew, how hard would that be? <laughs> been speaking with Lisa Lim, Executive Director for Wealth Management and Talent Acquisition at Philip Capital. I've enjoyed this, Lisa. Take care and have a great day ahead. Yeah, thank you, Andrew. Thank you, everyone. Okay, bye. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg. Or download our audio app. That's A W E D I O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.